What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rap Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane here today to recap yesterday's electric opening to the Rick Patino era at St. John's with an 89 to 78 double overtime win over Rutgers. At Carnesec Arena, an exhibition to raise funds for cancer research, a tremendous cause, a tremendous opportunity for St. John's and for Rutgers to get better, to get a head start on the season. And yesterday, St. John's took full advantage of that. Um, they came out to a, a roaring start up by as many as 20 points with an 18-point lead at halftime, but Rutgers would not go down early. And as Rick Patino mentioned several times, perhaps the best-case scenario, St. John's was able to sneak out with a win while learning valuable lessons against a high-quality opponent. They didn't, you know, uh, run off to an easy win and celebrate too early or prematurely for an easy win. They were able to see uh, the the trials, the tribulations, the, the the many hills you must overcome to beat high-quality opponents, and they were able to do it while still sneaking out a victory and learning those valuable lessons. So a great overall day and an awesome opportunity for fans to get a sneak peek of what St. John's has. Speaking of that, I have to give a huge thank you. Um, I don't want to dox this guy. Uh, we'll just say SW, a fan from one of the St. John's Facebook pages, um, streamed most of the second half and all of the overtime periods from his phone in the stands. Uh, you know, kind of Kramer-esque from Seinfeld, but he's in there. It's a little bit shaky, but it's a million times better than not having any feet at all. So thank you very much to SW. Um, if you ever want to come on the pod, SW, I owe you one. Uh, many St. John's fans owe you one for, for doing that. And it was good to be able to see, you know, shaky and all and, you know, zoomed out and all. Uh, the glimpses that were there and you could you know all intents and purposes see the whole game um outside the the first half which she missed and i don't blame him for missing any of that it was it was good to see uh, any of it but uh we'll start with some of the things we saw um st john's you know what once this stream started had a uh, sizable lead i think it was 14 points and um, we were able to see it dwindle and a lot of the stuff that um occurred that led to Rutgers coming back in the game i think can be um, accounted for lack of depth, you know, us missing two starters or at least two major contributors in Lewis and Dingle, um, and lack of ball handlers. Uh, Dennis played 46 minutes, I believe, and he was clearly our primary ball handler, and he had a great game overall, uh, was huge in orchestrating and facilitating many of the good things that happened in the second half. And um, honestly, there was a handful of passes he had that didn't lead to baskets just from missed opportunities by teammates. But he did a great job of facilitating, but we asked him to do a lot. And you could tell that wore on him as the game went. And the um, the offense that seemed to be primarily run, run yesterday was a four-out uh, motion offense with pick and rolls. Uh, not, not so much a passing cut, but a pick and roll oriented motion offense usually uh, starting or ending with a high ball screen that uh, Dennis was, you know, primarily the ball handler in. And I don't like to make a big deal out of college players getting worn out during the course of the game, but the reality is um, those attempts, they do add up and they do take a toll on your body and guys get tired. And as you get tired, uh, it does have effect on your ability to play. And you could see Dennis kind of wear down throughout the game, uh, led to some turnovers, uh, led to some uh, I don't know if I could say poor attempts, but we didn't get great looks at the basket and Rutgers took advantage and they eventually chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Um, it was great to see St. John's not fold. Um, a lot of times, kind of like a horse race, when you see a horse come from behind it's and and they get to that point where they come to the uh, the front of the race, they usually are able to finish it off. 
and Rutgers made their made their push. They were able to take the lead, and St. John's did not wither. Um, they weathered the storm, and they were able to gain valuable experience. A couple of huge shots and huge plays. Obviously, at the end of the first overtime where Naheem Aline hit the three at the buzzer, there was two threes prior to that missed. St. John's fought hard on the offensive rebounds and had the wherewithal to kick it out to Naheem for that three to tie the game. Um, and Naheem Aline, a guy who kind of snuck under the radar over the offseason, um, a player we know has huge big game experience, winning a national championship at UConn last year, stepped up, um, hit big shots, and in the absence of Dingle and Luis played close to 40 minutes and had a big game, plus 13 overall in the plus or minus. And, of course, that big three to tie the game in double overtime and another big three in double overtime to help steal the win. Um, so a lot of good things. It was fun to watch. Obviously, some things to be ironed out. Um, obviously, you can't, you know, from the vantage point I had, only the second half on, I didn't see everything. But what I did see looked good. And it was great to see some players um, for a longer extent of time um, that I hadn't really seen before. Glenn Taylor played a great second overtime, had a big three, a big free throw, and a big follow-up basket on the baseline, was the MVP of the double overtime, if you ask me. And you could see um, what he brings to the team. I, I was thinking about Glenn Taylor and, you know, on this roster, of course, we don't know this roster 100% yet, and there's things we'll find out more as the season goes on. But there's a reasonable argument to be made that Glenn Taylor is outside of the top five most talented players on the team. Of course, you can make the argument he's inside the top five. Really, nothing's been proven yet. But there's a really good case to be made he's outside of the top five. And there's been teams at St. John's in the past 10 years or so, obviously, you know, bad teams where Glenn Taylor might have been the most talented player on the roster. I think in Duran Johnson, which is a season many St. John's fans don't want to think about, Chris Mullen's first year as a coach, Duran Johnson might have been the most talented player on St. John's team. And I'm taking Glenn Taylor over Duran Johnson, especially as a seventh, sixth, eighth man on the team who could fill um, a role nicely, can be a great defender, can, can pick his spots offensively, can attack the basket. Um, and get uh, other teams in foul trouble and constantly, you know, trickle in some points from the free throw line. We know he does that extremely well. Um, he's a high caliber athlete. I think he's the best athlete on the team. Um, looks like he's going to be tasked with a lot of um, defensive responsibility on the perimeter um, and also chipping on the boards. He had nine rebounds yesterday. And he's a big, strong athlete. So uh, capable of helping out there. I thought it was a great debut for Glenn Taylor and another guy similar to Naheem Aline, who really stepped up in the af absence of Lewis and Dingle on the wing. Um, let's take a look quick at some of the stats. See what I can do here. All right. So if you ask me, player of the game goes to uh, Dennis Jenkins. Uh, could have been Naheem, could have been Taylor, could even made an argument for Joel, who had 12 points and 16 rebounds. Uh, but Dennis really was the straw that stirred the drink. Uh, we'll hear that a lot this year. He had plenty of, um, you know, weaving plays inside the paint where he was able to find a guy uh, for a nice pass on the perimeter or a dump off. We saw a handful of alley-oops to Joel. Um, in the last minute of regulation, when St. John's had a game to win in a regulation, uh, Dennis had two great looks. One, a bounce pass to Joel where Joel looked like he got fouled. No whistle. That happens. Another one where he threw an alley-oop to Joel and instead of Joel finishing in, up in the air, he came down with it, uh, allowed the defense to recover and missed the layup. So there was two or three, um, and honestly, a handful looking back throughout the whole span of the game where um, Dennis created great looks for teammates. They didn't finish, but he still had nine assists. So it tells you uh, the, the type of passer he's capable of being. But he had 13 points, nine assists in 46 minutes. So again, 
asked a lot out of him in game one, and he delivered. Um, he wasn't alone. Uh, those big games I mentioned before, Glenn Taylor and Naheem Aline. Glenn Taylor had 13 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals, one block, and a plus 12 plus minus. Really impacting the game on multiple levels. Those four assists all came in the first half. You know, some assists just come in the flow of the game, and then really not, a, you know, it's really not the impact of the player who has the assist. They might just made the simple pass. But you got to be able to will, be willing to make the simple pass for you to get those assists. And I don't think it's just, you know, coincidence when guys rack up three or four assists in a, you know, 10 minute or so span. You got to be looking to make those passes. You got to be willing to make those passes. And it shows me Glenn Taylor is a willing passer. He had a good assist rate last year at Oregon State. So I don't think this is, you know, something that won't be, um, a consistent factor in his game. I don't think he's going to lead us in assists many nights, but he will be able to tack on a few and be a, a secondary playmaker. Naheem Alini had 19 points, two steals, one block. He was plus 13. That led the led the team in plus minus. And, of course, that game-tying three in overtime was huge. Uh, Coach Patino said he's our best perimeter defender. Um, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be as good as Taylor or Luis guarding bigger perimeter players, you know, threes or hybrid fours. But, you know, guards on the perimeter, if Coach Pino says it, I'm going to take him at his word. Uh, Naheem is obviously a, a really good defender. I, I I wouldn't have pegged him as being the best. But Patino knows the, the team certainly better than I do. So we'll, we'll take him for his word there and look forward to seeing him prove that more as the season goes. And just an invaluable asset to have a fifth-year guard who's got championship experience, can play a couple different positions, can hit shots, is willing to play a different role, whether coming off the bench or starting, and can de defend for you. So it just goes to show you the depth this team has. Um, some specialty stats there. Bench points. Only 21 bench points. I say only. We got outscored on the bench. 21 is not a bad number by any means. And again, um, you know, our bench was depleted because of our two players out. Uh, I did not see um, Sean Conway or Zuby play. They played uh, sparingly in the first half, but did not play in the second half or overtimes. Um, I do expect our bench to be much improved when those two players come back and our younger players become more accustomed to Big East level play. It seems like I missed the best parts of Wilcher's game. Simeon, who did have a good first half, uh, made a couple nice plays and did get back in in late parts of the second half and overtime, um, but didn't make too much of an impact. Coach Patino said he wasn't you know, ready to throw him into the fire per se, but does expect him to have plenty of moments throughout the year and then come back as a super sophomore. So looking forward to see Simeon's development over the season. Um, some pros from the game. Uh, well, before I get there, points in the paint, 32. That's a good number. Points off turnovers, 18. Pretty good number. Offensive rebounds, 14. We're going to have great offensive rebounding numbers as long as Joel Soriano is playing big minutes. Um, and a lot of our guys, RJ, Zuby, Chris Ledlam, big rebounders who like to attack it on the offensive glass. Um, I imagine that will be a um, a big factor of what we do all season. Um, it says no times tied. We know that can't be true with the double overtime game. We did lead for the majority of this game. I think we led for over 38 minutes of the 50 minutes played. Um, so uh, big time stuff from St. John's. Obviously, um, you know, we'll be a much different looking team as the season progresses, but this is a great early test to see where we're at and to go from here. Um, it's good to come out to a great start. Uh, great start uh, shows that you're prepared to play, shows that you're ready to play. Obviously, you don't want to blow a 21-point lead, but those things happen, and we can learn from it now better now than later on in the season. Um, we found a way to win when it didn't look like it was going to be easy, and we come away with those lessons learned. Um, some things we got to work on, finishing. Six for 20 on layups. That sounds like a St. John's stat from the last five seasons. We're hoping to see that dissipate. Uh, we're hoping to see that improve as the season goes. Six for 20, a lot of that is just, you know, a, a one-off in a game 
three or four of those go in, you're looking at a much better night, even though you want to be shooting at a higher than 50% clip on, on layups. Um, I do believe this will improve with Dingle, who's great going to the rim, and Lewis himself, who's great around the basket. So two guys who will be better around the basket should improve our ability to finish closer there. Um, our free throws, we thought coming in that season, that would be a strength of ours, 19 for 29, not exactly lighting it up from there, um, but not terrible either. Um, I think that can, can attribute that to just uh, a new arena, some jitters, um, first time playing in front of fans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I believe will be a good free throw shooting team as the season goes on. And then Coach Rutino alluded to this in the press conference. It was good to see actual referees making actual foul calls out there because a lot of times guys don't believe it when coaches are saying they're fouling um, in practice, then they actually get to a game and the whistles get blown. And you could see um, early foul trouble from our bigs. Joel, three first half fouls. Zuby and Chris both had two first half fouls. So our front court got tested there. Uh, we had 28 personal fouls for the game. That's going to lead to a lot of guys in foul trouble and a lot of free throws for the other team. So something we really got to sure up. Uh, let's take a look at the overall box score. Um, starting with uh, Naheem Alini at 19 points, led the way. Did take 17 shots, but many of those, many of those shots were good looks. Um, you know, I'm not going to get on a guy for taking and missing good shots when he's proven to be a good shooter. Uh, like I said, those 17 looks, they'll, they'll, they'll come down as Dingle and Luis come back in the fold. Um, Dennis Jenkins, 13 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds. Uh, he was only two for nine from three, but that's kind of skewed in the fact that he took at least two heaves at the end of the shot clock from 30 to 40 feet. Um, so still not a great night from three, but I think he'll be a capable shooter from there. That three from six from the free throw line has got to get shirt up if you're going to be handling the ball 45. You know, obviously on a regular night, you're going to be playing 45 minutes. But if you're playing 30, 35 minutes as a primary ball handler, you're going to have to um, you know, be upwards of 75% from the free throw line. Uh, Chris Ledlam, 11 points, 10 rebounds, was solid, didn't shoot too well inside the paint. Probably take him a minute to get accustomed to facing the bigger guys in the paint, but you could see he moves well, he understands the game, made some good extra passes, was around the ball defensively, uh, made a nice block uh, to um, ensure that Rutgers didn't get the win at the end of regulation on a three-point shot. Um, a good game for Ledlam. I expect him to get more comfortable and uh, become more um, more of a factor scoring the basketball as the season goes, being that upfront up scoring option when Soriano is struggling or when Soriano is out of the game. And Chris is more of a versatile guy, can step out from the top of the key and uh, play from there a little bit. Uh, Joel, 12 points, 16 rebounds, just another whole home game for him. Didn't finish particularly well, had some bugaboos, it seemed, where he um, – was unsure about going up quickly, allowed the defense to recover, and he ended up missing it. That six or fifteen is not great. Um, I would expect him to shoot, you know, much better th better than that throughout the season. You know, somewhere around 65 percent from the field. But those sixteen rebounds, we take for granted how much of a monster he is on the glass. And uh, he was going up against a first team All Big Ten center. Uh, big Cliff is a big guy, a big test, uh, every bit as big as Joel, and Joel, you know, dominated on the glass. Did uh, Cliff have a pretty good game inside and score better than Joel did? Yes, uh, but Joel was still a rock down there, ensuring we get the defensive boards, getting offensive possessions, um, and being a big guy in the middle that we need. Uh, Glenn Taylor, like I said, you know, great game from Glenn, did it in a multitude of ways, had 13 points, four for 10 from the field, one for three from the three. That three in the second overtime was big. Four for six from the line. Nine rebounds, four assists. Now on the bench, um, you know, you could tell Coach Patino played this game to win. Didn't didn't go deep with his bench minutes. 
Um, Sean Conway only played a couple minutes. Zuby only played six minutes. Treyor played uh, close to 50 minutes and had maybe the biggest impact of any bench player. Eight points, five rebounds, hit a three, played good, tough defense. Um, I thought um, Wilcher in the first half played well. Io, um, you know, I like – you can tell he knows where to be, but uh, I thought he was a little bit too aggressive on offense in the few minutes I saw him in the second half. He took three or four shots in a matter of few minutes. Um, and, you know, they weren't necessarily great looks. They were okay shots, but not great shots. And I think you got to prove yourself a little bit more before you're taking those okay looks, especially on consecutive possessions. Uh, but he's a guy who can play defense. He can fill in some spots defensively, uh, different positions, whether we're going small or big. Um, he's a little more versatile than Treyor, a little more capable of guarding uh, bigger wings on the perimeter. I'm talking about like your Bryce Hopkins, whereas Treyor is more capable of sliding into that you know, deep five bench piece. But um, either of those guys playing multi, uh, mega minutes, I think will mean that we're either in foul trouble, injury problems, or some of our guys aren't playing to the level we expect them to. But nevertheless, they're great pieces to have to fill that deep bench role. Um, what else? Listen, I think, uh, you know, there's only so much you should take from an exhibition. I think it's great to get a, a good early look. It's great to get excited. It's great to see this buzz continue to uh, pile up and push us towards uh, the start of the season. We've got one more exhibition next week, and then we start against Stony Brook the following week with the season opener when the rec when the records start to count for real. Um, I cannot wait for that. I hope uh, maybe St. John's will surprise us and stream uh, next week's exhibition, or maybe um, our good friend SW will do the same thing, get in there and uh, record it from the stand so we can catch a glimpse. But either way, I'll be tuning in whenever, whatever I can do, whether that's Twitter, whether that's a live stream from someone's cell phone, uh, I'll be there doing the best I can to follow along. I know uh, Dave from the Eye in the Storm podcast put out a recap. He was in attendance here yesterday. Um, so check that out for some guy who was in the stands uh, giving you a recap. You know, he does good work. Um, until next time, I'm looking forward to what happens in this next week for St. John's. Who knows? You can never go to sleep with Rick Pitino at the helm. Um, thank you guys for tuning into the YouTube channel. Those numbers are doing great. Subscriptions are flying up. The views are flying up. Uh, the podcast downloads are continue to uh, continue to rise as well. So please subscribe. Please leave a comment or rate, review, whatever it takes. I hate begging for this shit, but I appreciate it. Um, until next time, for SW, my man, in the stands. I'm Pat Kane, Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Go St. John's. Peace.